We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. God's got it buried somewhere. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. He's going to tell me where to dig. But you know what else is in I have I, in that coffee can? Not just financial help, but it's also healing, mercy, grace, deliverance. Amen. Our God already has it. He doesn't. He doesn't have to say, oh, well, let me make that up and then send it your way. Do you realize right now you have access to the one that can send mercy and grace to your need? You have access to one. All you got to do is call on him. All you got to do is pray. I don't know. How many of you missed the church today? I think you're looking for the wrong building, so it's changed a little bit out there. Um, listen, changing the outside will not affect the spirit in any way. Moving into our new building, and I'm going to just declare it shortly because God's going to help us with that, is not, is not going to produce a move of God because he does not dwell in temples made with stone. He dwells in the hearts of people. And, folks, it's what's going on on the inside that matters. I think we needed some improvements around here. I think that we're overdue. But the important thing is, are we letting Jesus work on the inside of us? Are we letting him work on the outside? of? Some of you, you like to improve yourself. You'll go to the gym, and, and some of you get the Botox. Oh, don't lie. Don't lie. I had a friend, she used to get Botox injections. She looked like she saw a rat all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She did until it calmed down. <laughs> so, but yeah, we used to get tickled at that. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we need the freedom of the Holy Spirit. You can improve the outside all you want. You know, you can act it on the outside, but it's on the inside that matters. And the Bible says that's what's on the inside eventually works its way to the outside. For the abundance of the heart, amen, the mouth speaks. And I'm telling you right now, if out of you comes mean, nasty things, if you're saying hurtful things, if you're being divisive and tearing things down, that is not the Spirit of the Lord. That is the spirit of Satan, and I'm just going to say this right now, I bind it in the name of Jesus. It has no place in this house. If you agree with that church, say amen. Has no place in this house. I will show that spirit the door. Why? Because a united people is what God works through. Amen? And we need to be united in this day. I want to speak to you from my heart this morning, a very Close message to my heart, and it's found in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. So there's a few scriptures we're going to go through. We get into this today, and we may this may end up being a two-parter on this, but we're going to talk about come to your senses. We're in that series, but we're talking about the sense of touch today. My mom, uh, for years, she would play the piano and sing in church, and every now and then she'd do a special, and I'm sure she did it in this church when they pastored, but she would sing the old song, He Touched Me. And when, he would, when she would sing that song, she, the Holy Spirit would move on her. And I'm going to tell you right now, she began to cry. She began to praise God. Why? Because the touch of the Lord is what we all need this morning. And aren't you thankful for the touch that he gave? Aren't you thankful for, guess what? Do you realize that touch is one of the most important senses God made our bodies with? 
I want you to imagine if you couldn't touch something, you couldn't feel it. You could touch it, but you couldn't feel it. I want you to think about that. And that you realize that's what the, the, the disease of leprosy is what made it so awful is it attacked the nerves, and the nerves would die. Somebody says, well, it would rot the flesh. It didn't rot the flesh. Leprosy kills the nerves. They would get a cut, but they wouldn't know they were cut, and it would get infected. That's what caused the disfigurement. So I want you to understand this morning that that touch is so important. And when we have that sense of touch, it's a powerful thing. Amen. Do you realize that it would be bad to be blind? Amen. But can you imagine being blind with no sense of touch? Hmm. You wouldn't be able to function too well because they get along by the sense of touch, the sense of hearing. All their other senses have to kick in. So I want to talk to you about that this morning, about God giving us the sense of touch. This sermon, that it teaches us touching is not just knowing something about Jesus. Researching has, research has proven how powerful a human touch is. Since that is true, imagine how powerful the touch of Jesus is, the effect it can have on people, and how we can be a part of God touching, uh, touching this world. In other words, in Matthew, or in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, it says this, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd had gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. And then, he came, then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and, and thronged him uh, about, which means he was pushed around by the crowd. I want you to think, anybody been in a big crowd? Anybody ever went to the Braves game or you went to, to you know, it's great when you get there, but when you're leaving, everybody trying to push to the parking lots, you know? The only time that you're not pushed around going to the parking lot is at an Auburn game. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> Ashley was looking at me. I had to go there. So anyway, she said, oh, I can't help it. You're preaching. But no, I'm, I'm playing. But have you ever been in a crowd where you just, you're pushed around and you're tossed around and, 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 and you really aren't in much control? Jesus was in a crowd and he was being knocked around. That's what that word throng means, by the crowd. So he was being touched by many people. Some can say up to several thousand people were gathered around Jesus. I want you to imagine that. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she had said to herself, if I, if, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt, her body, uh, felt in her body that she had been healed of her disease. And when Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, he immediately turned about the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, See, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? Sometimes the, the, the disciples were pretty, um, I don't know, we called it smart aleck, right? I want you to think about that. Who touched you? Are you kidding me? We work around here sometimes, and there's a few of those here. Amen. You see the crowd pressing around you. So you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. 
But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear, trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who had said, your, said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But he overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except for Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, uh, and, G- and Jesus saw a, a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, the, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? And the, the, the child is not uh, dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside, and he took the, ch- took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, I want you to say to somebody, he touched her. He said, Talitha kuma, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. It is the touch of faith that touches God and causes God to touch us. In our scriptures today, the story of the ruler of the synagogue, whose daughter was sick, a woman... uh, both of these situations were desperate and hopeless and helpless situations. In other words, there was nowhere else to turn but to Jesus. They had tried everything in their power to find a result or find resolution to their problem. And I don't know today, but I would dare say in the crowd that is gathered here and those that might be watching online today that you might be in a desperate situation where you're saying, I really don't know what to do. I'm hopeless and I'm helpless and I have no idea what my next move should be. I want you to understand today's message is for you. A ruler of the synagogue who more than likely had doubts about Jesus now turns in desperation to Jesus. I want you to think about that. This ruler of the synagogue, they had been uh, kind of attacking Jesus' ministry and they had been uh, kind of coming against him. Now all of a sudden, he's without any hope and he's remembering the things that he has heard, the things that maybe he had even witnessed that Jesus had done and he got to a desperate place. I want you to understand life will bring you to a desperate place. It will bring you to a place where you have no other place to go but down or look up to Jesus. And I believe in these two situations in the scripture, that's exactly where these people were. They had nowhere else to turn to. They had no one else to ask for help. They had exhausted all of their abilities and everything they had in this particular case. Uh, uh, Jerry said uh, his daughter was sick and he and I I guarantee you he had had physicians come to the house and there was nothing they could do. The woman with the issue of blood had for 12 years spent all she had and there's no telling who all she, she besought help of, but she had tried everything she could. This would, could cost him everything, by the way. It could cost this man, Jairus, his seat at the synagogue, having anything to do with Jesus, his, his place of power, his place of authority, and even his title. But when you're desperate, you don't care about those things anymore. 
When you get desperate for Jesus, you don't care about your position anymore. When you get desperate for Jesus, you don't care what people think anymore. I want you to know something. There needs to be a holy desperation come upon us, Harvest, that we don't care what people think anymore. If we got to pray with them at Walmart, we're going to pray with them at Walmart. If we got to pray with them in the street, we'll pray with them in the street. Are you desperate for the touch of the master this morning? Oh, God, help me preach this. Are you desperate for Jesus? I believe that we are desperate when we first hear about him. We're desperate when conviction comes upon us and we know that we're lost and could go to hell. But somehow we get comfortable, church. We get comfortable and our desperation turns into contentment. And contentment will never bring revival. I'm going to say that again. Contentment will never bring revival. It is only when, oh my goodness, we get a place of discontent. And we keep, look, some of us, we blaming everybody else for our trouble. We're blaming this one. If, if they would only do this, and if I could only do that, and if I was used this way, or if I was used that way, or if I had this place, or if I had that place, or if I had that job, or if I had this husband, or if I had this wife, I've got news for it. If my kids were not demon-possessed. Oh, don't act holy now. <laughs> then my life would be at peace. My life would be good. And I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter how much money you get in the bank. It doesn't matter what title you hold. It doesn't matter what position you have. None of that will give you peace. We've had people in our congregation that have had millions in their bank account, and it didn't bring peace. The only thing that brings peace is I know that I know that if something happens tonight, I'm going to heaven. If I'm not here to preach to you next Sunday, I got news for you. I'll see you on the other side because I'm going to be with Jesus. There's something about the peace of God. There's something about that, that contentment that, 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 that drains us. I want you to know God wants you to be a little bit desperate. For you know, sometimes I don't feel like we're desperate enough for the touch of Jesus. We want, oh, we want the surface touch that makes us feel good. We want the warm fuzzies or the chill bumps. I forgot what we were teasing, Seth. They're from Ohio. They say things so different. We're going to have an English class, teach you some Southern. Goose pimples is what he said. No. 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 Goose pimples. Help us, Jesus. People we're reaching. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They know I love them. But if we're not careful, we'll think that that's all there is to God. That all there is to God is that surface touch. I just want to feel good. I just want to feel Look, if you're miserable in your life, goose pimples, goosebumps, a quiver up your spine is not going to give you the contentment and the peace that you need. It's going to last for a moment, but then it's going to pass. Some of us need the peace that passes all understanding. And that only comes from knowing the prince of peace. Do you hear me this morning? Quit looking for it everywhere else. When you have the woman with the issue of blood, let's look at this for a moment. What this illness had cost her. 
Look at the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she has had a sickness, some diseases, that, that, a disease that caused her to bleed. And because it caused her to bleed, it had ruined her life because according to Jewish law, this issue of blood made her unclean. That meant that she was not able to touch anyone else and no one else could touch her. Not even her kids, not even her family, not even her husband. She became a complete social outcast. Her marriage was over. <laughs> she had no job. She couldn't even go to synagogue or to church. She couldn't go to the market. She <laughs> could not go around any other people at all. I want you to think about 12 years of no human touch. No one to hug your neck. No one to hold your hand. No one to kiss your cheek. No one to, 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 to rub your shoulders and tell you, hey, it's going to be okay. For 12 years, no touch in her life. Because for her to be touched was to make that person unclean. And for her to touch them was to make them unclean. She had this crazy idea, though. If I could only touch him, I will be healed. If I could only touch not just his flesh, I don't want to touch his flesh. I'll, I'll just touch his, his, the hem of his garment. Nobody will know but me. I want you to think about that. That way he's not defiled. But I know I'll be made whole. See, desperation makes you do a lot of things. And don't you underestimate the desperateness of this situation. So Jesus, on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, gets interrupted. Don't you know Jairus was a little bit impatient with this? Does it ever seem like you're seeking God for something and he goes and helps somebody else? And you're like, hey, I, th mm. I thought you was coming to help me. Where are you going? Don't ever doubt God's timing. Because what, it would have been a great miracle for him to heal Jairus' daughter. But God said, I'm fixing to show you how great my power is. That sickness has to flee. But I am the resurrection. That's what he was saying. And I'm fixing to show you how great my power really is. So if she could only touch him. She would be made whole. So she decided she would carefully and secretly sneak up through the crowd. My personal opinion is she's probably on her hands and knees. If I could just crawl through the crowd, look, she had to maneuver without touching them. Think about that. I'll just slip in and I'll grab the hem of his garment and my life will be changed. He would not know, no one would know, because she would go about differently. And then she would know she had been made whole by her faith that he touched her by her touching him. Everything worked until she touched the garment. Then it all goes crazy. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? Everything goes quiet. Everyone is looking around to see who it is because everybody was bumping into him. The disciples look at him and say, what do you mean who touched you, man? Look around you. There's hundreds, maybe thousands of people pressing in all around you. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. 
You see, everybody can say they touch Jesus, but until faith touches him, heaven will never stop in its tracks. This day, heaven stopped in its tracks, not because people were touching him, but because faith touched him. And when we have faith and touch him, then great things are released by heaven. Some of us, we are touching, but we don't have faith. You can touch Jesus in a hopeless situation, amen? This woman had endured 12 years of personal pain, shame, disease, and death. Uh, death, death was a, probably a hope if this didn't work. She had been to every doctor, every specialist, every quack. Don't you think? The Bible says she tried everything. She exhausted all that she had. She tried every herbal remedy out there. She tried every home remedy, every myth. But she continued to be sick. As a matter of fact, she just got worse. Surely in those 12 years, there were days when it came and went that the bleeding stopped. Don't you know for just a moment she had hope that maybe this was it. It was over. But before she could celebrate, it came back, and it came back worse, and it came back fierce. Every time it went away, it brought great hope that it was over, only to be dashed again and again and again with each return. It had certainly wasted her health, her wealth, and now she was nothing but a, a social outcast and a family shame. Probably, probably obscure part of town is where she lived alone. After 12 years, she had surely it was close to giving up. She was hopeless. But then Jesus was passing by. She had heard the stories of Jesus, no doubt. She had heard how he had opened the eyes of the blind and healed the lame and had cleansed the lepers. There was no doubt. But after 12 years of having your hopes brought to a height and then dashed over and over and over and over again, there comes a point where you say, that's good for them, but maybe it's not for me. But in that hopeless situation, she said, what do I have to lose? Oh, my goodness. I want to share something with you this morning. Some of us have tried everything we know to get peace in our life. What do you have to lose to try Jesus this morning? What do you have to lose just to give it a shot? You may find the greatest answer that you've ever wanted in your life. You may find the greatest hope that you've ever found. What do you got to lose? You've run everywhere else. Try Jesus. Try Jesus. This may have been the last straw for her. So why not? But she touched him, and she was made whole. Some of you can identify with this woman because you too have been living with hopeless situations in your life. Come on, church. You too have been living in a hopeless situation. Maybe it's a marriage on which you've given up hope. You've tried to make it work, but on the other hand, you just, it just hasn't happened. You have tried all you know, and you're ready to walk away. Maybe it's a financial situation. You're getting deeper and deeper in debt. You're getting deeper and deeper in despair. No matter what you do, it just seems like you can't find a way out. There is hope. Perhaps you're working in a job that you hate. Anybody ever worked a job they hated? I should be getting amens all over this church. Thank you for your honesty. We'll make sure the employer doesn't see that. So. A job that you hate and you're just miserable. Not able to go any higher, you're stuck. 
Perhaps you're, you're unemployed, you're laid off, and you've, you've tried everything to find a job, hundreds of applications, hundreds of rejections, and you keep on doing, but you keep on seeing that it's just not going to happen. You're ready to give up. Maybe you're in a medical situation just like this woman with the issue of blood. You need a healing. You need a touch. You need God to do something for you because if he don't do it, it isn't going to happen. You've tried everything. Perhaps you have a condition that is making you miserable. Maybe it's cancer, bad joints, old age, cardiac trouble, respiration, respiratory trouble. You've, you've tried and you've tried and you're just about ready to give up. You're in a hopeless state. Like some relationships, maybe it's interpersonal, it's disobedient children and you've tried your best to, 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 to help them. You've tried your best to get them to mind, but it just doesn't work. It's driving you crazy. Maybe it's addiction. The list can go on and on and on, but you're in a situation where you're hopeless. I'm talking to somebody in this room this morning. I don't know who I'm talking to. But you're hopeless. You've tried your home remedies. You've tried jobs in the church. You've tried, tried to, you know, I'll serve my way into getting God to do what we want. I got news for you. We don't serve him. I love, we're watching, doing a series. Everybody in this room should be here on a Wednesday night. You're missing some good stuff. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're doing some stuff by Robert Morris right now on the blessed life. And I love the way he puts it. He says, we do not give to get. We get to give. Amen. God's not manipulated or impressed. Guess what? You could give a million dollars to this church. That's still not going to bring you peace. Only the power of the Lord and the forgiveness of God in your life will bring you peace. It's temporary. It's temporary. Like the nameless woman, you can touch God this morning. What is even better is that he'll touch you. Mm. Like the nameless woman, you can have the touch of Christ in your life. The story does not record this part. It doesn't. But I kind of believe in my heart it may have went this way. When she came forward afraid and trembling after Jesus said, Who touched me? Jesus' heart was touched by her faith. He knew her problem. He knew the law, what the law required. And he knew that touching her would, have, would, would, would simply uh, defile him according to the Mosaic law. But yet somewhere in all this, he bent down and took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And he placed a hand under her chin and he said, Daughter, it's going to be all right. Your faith has made you whole. God wants to speak that into your life this morning. But don't forget Jarius. He hadn't forgot that situation either. Shortly after that, he would leave the situation and he would uh, go to, to Jerry's house. And when he, before he could even leave the situation, servants arrived saying, it's dead, it's over, it's hopeless. That hopelessness has now come to fruition and there's no way out of this. Your daughter is dead. I imagine at that point, Jerry's was re ready to say, never mind. You, you had time to heal her if you hadn't stopped. Just think what was going through his head. If you hadn't stopped her, if it, for her, if you hadn't stopped to, to heal this woman with the issue of blood, Jesus, then my daughter wouldn't be dead. But Jesus said, let's go anyway. I got news for you. You may be staring at a dead end situation. Take Jesus to it anyway. Because I'm telling you, when he enters that situation, he can bring life where there is death. He can bring hope where there is hopelessness. I'm telling you, who wants to touch him this morning? Who wants him to move in their life this morning? Take him to the situation. 
He takes three of his disciples. This was his inner circle. Most theologians agree, and they went to this home. And as they got to this home, he gets there, and the mourners are there, and they're carrying on, and they're wailing, and they're crying, and they're just, man, they're having themselves a time. And he looks, and he says, why are you crying? That's crazy, isn't it? And they said, because she's dead. He says, she ain't dead. She's asleep. <laughs> it ain't dead. It just needs the master to wake it up. Amen. It's not over. It just needs the master to speak. I got news. Some of you, you've crucified some dreams, and you said those dreams are dead and gone. It ain't over. <laughs> you just need the master to speak. You just need the master to move. Me and Tina got to meet our newest forever family member yesterday. Maddie and Jacob couldn't stay away. They rode by to look and see what we were doing at the church, and so they, they got us to come out and just see her in her car seat. And, and I was thinking, what a beautiful miracle. What a beautiful miracle. And, and then I got to thinking and hearing just a little bit, we're going to have another one. See, the enemy spoke dead. Never going to happen. But God said life. Mm. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying too many of us aren't desperate enough. If we were, we'd see a miracle. Well, some of us, we give up too easy. You know the key that coaches look at on the sideline? To see, no matter what sideline it is, whatever sport, when their team gets knocked down and behind, if you watch heads drop, that team has given up already. When heads drop, it's over. They've accepted defeat. Some of us have had our head down too long. I'm going to preach to you this morning. Is that all right? We've had our head down in defeat. We said this situation is never going to get better. This situation is never going to change. This situation is the same. It's been the same for years. It's not going to change, Pastor. I know what you're preaching this morning, but I just can't. And your head is down. But I love what the psalmist says, for he is the glory and the lifter of my head. If you'll let him this morning, he'll lift your head this morning. If you'll let him this morning, he'll bring hope this morning. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. Will you stand? We may do part two of this next week, but I feel like this is the stopping point God wants. Some of us have got a scenario for happiness built in our head. If all of this lines up and was this way, I would have happiness in my home and peace in my home. Can I be real with you, church? Some of our kids are tore up because there's too much war in the house. They witness constant negativity. They witness constant battles between mom and dad. They watch constantly nothing good. They always pointing out what's wrong. You are seeding faithlessness in your children. Listen to me. And if you're not careful, they'll give up on Jesus. Because if this is Jesus, if this is love, I don't need it. 
had a lady one time, you've heard me share this so that I feel like I need to share it again. She says, Pastor, this was, <laughs> you know all them people are messed up because every time you give an altar call, it's the same ones go to the altar. I got a little aggravated. And I looked at her. I said, you know the problem I have? So I've been your pastor for nine years and I've never seen a tear drop to the altar. That's the problem I have. Buddy, if you got to ride this thing all the way to heaven every Sunday it's open, I'm going to tell you, go ahead. Because what you going to do? Oh, well, they rode that altar to heaven. Well, you might ride that seat to hell. Everybody wants to see a move of God in this county. Everybody wants to see revival in Chattooga County and in this world and in this state. But revival begins right here with you. And you can't lead people where you're not willing to go. Touch. I woke up this morning and I reached over and I put my hand and my arm around Tina and she was asleep. And I was just praying over our family and all of a sudden I felt a hand grab my hand. Touch. Agreement. And I love this part where two or three touching come on anything touching anything in whose name his name touch can change something touch can change something but faithless touch will never stop heaven because how many people were in the crowd pressing on him that needed something but had no faith to receive it? They were waiting on heaven to turn to them, Britain. They were waiting on Jesus to stop and say, oh, I, got a, I got a word for you because I see what... Everywhere heaven moves, somebody pursued it. Read your Bible. And to kind of end this story with the young lady, do you realize the woman with the issue of blood suffered for 12 years? The little girl that was healed was 12 years old. <laughs> the entire life of that little girl, this woman had suffered. They were connected. God sees where you're at. And he's ready to touch you. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're at home, I want you to join with us and just close your eyes for a moment. And I just want you to hear me this morning. Do I have any desperate people in the house? If you are, I want you just to slip up your hand. Thank you. There's some others. Do I have some more, some desperate people in the house? Come on, there's some others. Let's obey God this morning. Let's lay pride aside. Oh, there's some others. Come on, you got some desperation in you. I got to have some Jesus I got to have Jesus move in a situation. I got to have Jesus move because if he don't move, things are not going to change. And I promise you, they won't.
unless Jesus moves. If that's you, I want you to begin to make your way out of your seat and find a place in this altar. You say, I came at the beginning during intercessory time. Doesn't matter. You're saying, I need his touch. Come on, I need his touch. There's others. Come on, let's make our move. Let's make our move right now. Let's make our move. Let's find a place. Let's pray. Let's touch him today. Let's touch him today. And let's see things change. Amen. Come on, there's some others. I'm going to ask our intercessors to help us pray with these that are coming to the altar. There's some others need to make a move. Come on. You need a touch in your life of any kind. Now's the time to come. Now's the time to come. Don't wait on somebody else. You're needing a touch. We got room. We'll make it too deep if we have to. Amen. 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 Come on. There's some others. You need a touch. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.